0: 316 says I just whipped your ass, you can call this the new world order of wrestling brother, here's the smell what the rock is cooking, wrist in. Welcome to the Royal Ramble Wrestling Podcast on this Thursday, April the 13th, 2017, here on It'sYourRadio.com. I am your host, Brian Sennek. Not with me right now, hopefully, we'll have him on in a little bit, it is the co host, Ryan Motorano. He's having some Wi Fi problems in his house. He's fixing it at the moment, so hopefully, in a couple of minutes, we'll have Ryan on with us. But yes, Another episode of the Royal Ramble, uh, we have a lot to talk about, a lot has gone on uh, for the past week in pro wrestling, uh, of course this past couple of days in the WWE we had the roster shakeup for both Raw and Smackdown Live, so we're going to give our thoughts on the decisions that were made, which superstars went to which show, we had a lot of changes going on, some big names moving to different brands, so we'll give our thoughts on that. We also got to talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling had a big show this past weekend, Sakura Genesis. A lot went down in that show. We had a couple of big title matches on the line. So again, to our thoughts about that and a little bit later in the show, we're going to talk about the upcoming WWE Women's Classic. That's right. um, Over WrestleMania weekend, we forgot to mention it on last week's show because we were really busy breaking down everything that went on WrestleMania weekend. We forgot to mention about the WWE Women's Classic that was announced during Access on April the 1st. Uh, WWE is continuing these constant tournaments that they have been doing now for the past year. Of course, last summer they started it with the Cruiseway Classic. It turned out to be a success. Then, to start 2017, they went with the WWE United Kingdom Championship tournament and now this is going to be their third tournament. The Women's Classic is supposed to happen, I believe around the summer is if I'm not mistaken. I think Triple H said that he wants to get this going by the summer. 32 competitors from 17 different countries. So Me and Ryan, if he comes on the air uh, pretty soon, we're going to get into our thoughts about that. And which women do we want to see take part in this tournament? I've already heard some names that could be involved. Not definite, but if they are true, this should be an awesome tournament. Before we get into all the news going on in the wrestling world, we'll give you guys our Twitter handle. You can follow me, B underscore Senek 95 uh, you can follow Ryan at Ryan underscore Martirano if you want to follow the show. It's at Royal Ramble IYR. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Royal Ramble Wrestling, and follow us on Instagram at Royal Ramble Wrestling. If you guys happen to miss us live here on it's your radio.com, don't forget you can subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher. So I'm going to begin the show without Ryan for the moment and get into my thoughts on. What transpired? We'll start off with um, the Sakura Genesis show uh, for New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, that took place this past Sunday. Uh, I got the chance to watch the entire show. Very, very good show once again put together by New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's not a shocker. A lot went down that show. We had a couple of big upsets go on. Some other big matches that took place. So here were the results. The show kicked off. Six-man tag team action. Very short match. Uh, David Finley, Jushin Thunder Liger, and Manabu Nakanishi picked up the victory over Harai Kawato, Katsuya Kitamura, and Tomoyuki Oka. Nothing special there. It was just a kickoff match. Moving down the card, eight-man tag team action. The Bullet Club was in action. Uh, Chase Owens, Yujiro Takahashi, and the Gorillas of Destiny, they defeated uh, Tiger Mask, Tiger Mask W, Togi Makabe, and... And Yuji Nagata. We mentioned it last week that Bullet Club needs to start getting going. They've not been the same as of late. Picking up a nice win here. Another six-man tag team match. We had Chaos members. Trent Beretta, Rocky Romero of Roppongi Vice. And Yoshihashi take on Suzuki Gun. Another victory for Chaos. And again, I'm not sure what's going on with the Suzuki Gun faction. They've really not made a significant impact since making their return to New Japan Pro Wrestling. In the, month of, in the month of January, they've really not been that dominant of a faction, so they lose another matchup. That's not a good look to me. But they at least had some positives though on the show as the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions uh, Taichi and Yoshinobu Kimaru successfully defended their titles over Jado and get us so at least that's some positivity for Suzuki gun More tag team action. Bullet Club members Bad Luck Fale, Kenny Omega defeating Chaos members Toro Yano, Tomohiro Ishii. More of a gimmick match. There's a lot of comedy in this match. I mean, that's what you get when you're having Toru Yano in a match. You have comedy stuff take place. Kenny Omega's a guy that knows how to do these gimmick matches. But anyways, a nice victory for Fale and Omega. And then some 8-man tag team action. Toguchi Japan, and that is the team of Hiroshi Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, Ricochet, and... Ryusuke Taguchi. They defeated L.I.J. Bushi, Evil Sonata, Tetsuya Naito. A little bit of a surprise to me because L.I.J. has been on such has been on quite the roll uh, so far in 2017. They have they basically have all the gold. Naito, the Intercontinental Champion, Takahashi, the IWGP junior heavyweight champion and the rest of the group carrying the never open weight six man tag team titles so to see them lose this match a little bit of a surprise but it does create some intrigue about what could happen down the road with Naito will he defend his intercontinental title against Tanahashi once again will we see. You know, Ricochet, Juice Robinson, and Taguchi go after the never-openweight tag team titles. So a victory for this group will give them options and give them opportunities to fight for the championships that are being currently held by LIJ. And then we got to the title matches. We'll start off with the uh, heavyweight tag team titles. We have new tag team champions, War Machine, Hanson, and Raymond Rowe. Are the new IWGP heavyweight tag team champions defeating Hiroyoshi Tenzin and Satoshi Kojima? Um, definitely a little bit of a surprise to me. I did not see this happening, but when you think about it, well deserved. I mean, War Machine right now is one of the best tag teams in the world today. No question about it. The work that Hanson and Rowe have put together. For the past couple years, they've been, have been very, very good. They've got better and better month by month. They're one of the top tag teams in Ring of Honor. And now they're getting this opportunity to come over to Japan and face some of the best tag teams over there, like uh, Tenkozy. And they wind up knocking him off with the tag team belts. I'm not sure how long of a run uh, Roe and Hanson are going to have, but to still see them capture the gold. Very cool moment. Big congratulations to both those guys. Well-deserved. Then for the Never Openweight Championship, Hiroki Goto defended his belt against Zack Sabre Jr. Sabre Jr. looking to win his fourth championship. Right now he has three belts that he owns. The uh, British Heavyweight Championship from Revolution Pro Wrestling. The Evolve Championship and the PWG Championship. He's looking to make it now. Zaki four belts. Not the case though. Goto retains in a very good match. No surprise here. I mean, it would have been cool to see Sabre Jr. win another championship, but that's a little bit over the top to me. Goto has been very good since becoming champion. He's held the belt pretty well. Let him run with it. Sabre Jr. not ready for that opportunity quite yet. He got the match. Down the road, will he be a champion in New Japan? Probably. Uh, If he uh, gets more opportunities in Japan, I think he will be a champion. Whether it is for the Junior Heavyweight Championship or the Never Openweight Championship. But not right now. Uh, Not the time for Sabre Jr. So, big win for Goto. He retains the championship. Uh, And then we get into the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. A match that I was really looking forward to seeing between Hiromu Takahashi and Kushida. This was a rematch uh, from Wrestle Kingdom 11 where... T- Takahashi took the belt away from Kushida and what was one of the best matches on the card. And uh, it was definitely a shocker. It started off really, really hot. Kushida came right out of the gate going after Takahashi. But then out of nowhere, Takahashi hits his finishing move twice. And the match ends in a minute 56. Um, definitely some Goldberg, Brock Lesnar stuff right there. But uh, very disappointed because I-, I was anticipating, I was expecting a pretty close, hard-hitting, long competitive match between these two guys i thought this was going to be a good way to settle this feud to end this feud uh however though they had takahashi basically destroy kushida take him out looks like she is going to be out of action for a little bit now with the way takahashi just lighting him up i just don't see kushida being part of some new japan shows for the time being i'm not saying he's injured in real life he could take some time off uh and as a part of an angle but uh yes takahashi is still your iwgp junior heavyweight champion and the most interesting part was right after the match was over here comes ricochet who's a good friend of Kishida's. he came out to defend Kishida, and then basically called out takahashi saying that i want an opportunity for your championship so down the road we're going to see takahashi and ricochet collide for the junior heavyweight championship i am looking forward to that match These are two of the absolute best junior heavyweights in the world today. Takahashi, since becoming champion, has really, really been a big-time player for New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's one of the key members of the LIJ faction. But this guy is becoming one of the top up-and-coming wrestlers in the world. Ricochet. He's been one of the best junior heavyweights for some time now, but he's really never gotten that opportunity to go after the championship. I mean, yes, he's won the best of the super juniors. He's taken part in some other key matches for New Japan, but I really can't recall him ever getting a one-on-one opportunity for that championship. Now he's going to get that opportunity uh, down the line with Takahashi. So that should be a good match. But in the end, between Takahashi and Kishida uh, very disappointing to me. I did not expect the match to end that quickly. I wanted to see a long competitive match, but we did not get that. We got the opposite. Takahashi beating Kushida in a minute 56. Definitely a shocker. And then the main event, the match that everyone's talking about. Okada versus Shibata for the heavyweight championship. Um, First and foremost, what a great match uh, between these two guys. I mean, what else is there to say? For Okada and Shibata, I mean, uh, I'm not surprised that the match went that great. Uh, it, it, it's it's expected, basically. In New Japan Pro Wrestling, you're in the main event of a big-time show. You're wrestling for the top prize in the company. And you're going to get a lot of time to go out there and put together a great match. You have to deliver. And yet again, Okada and Shibata delivered. Uh, just a hard-hitting match, man. I mean, the stuff... That these two guys did to each other, especially what Shibata did to Okada, was incredible. It was cringeworthy watching this. You know, I know Shinsuke Nakamura is called the King of Strong Style. He's earned that nickname for a long time. But I don't think there's anybody that fits the term Japanese Strong Style, King of Strong Style, better than Shibata. This guy hits you. And He hits you hard. He doesn't give you a light tap. He doesn't hit you easily. The guy flats, flat out hits you to hurt you. And the stuff that he did to Okada in this match was just, like I said before, cringeworthy watching it. Whether it's him throwing the forearms, him throwing knees, or kicks, you can just hear it smack off the body of Okada. I'm like, oh my god. It it started out as a wrestling match, but when you watch it back again, it was more of a fight feel. I, I felt like I was watching a mixed martial arts fight between these two guys instead of a wrestling match. And that's psychology right there. These two guys made this match wrestling psychology perfectly. It was so damn good. Uh, Okada retained the belt. No shocker there. I mean, it would have been cool to see Shibata become champion, but not right now. Uh, Okada has done incredible work uh, becoming the... uh, 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 excuse me, as the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. You can't take the belt off of him right now, and I still think that if there's anybody out there that should take that belt off of Okada, it should still be Kenny Omega. I'm not sure when he's going to get his rematch because after that match is done, Bad Luck Fale, who finished in the finals of the New Japan Cup and who lost to Shibata in the finals for that opportunity, he came out, attacked Okada, and now we're probably going to get a Okada Fale match at some point in the future probably at the next big event who the heck knows I mean no disrespect to Badlock Fale, but my question is this when is if ever Kenny Omega gonna get his rematch? I mean they haven't even hinted at the fact that Omega is gonna get his rematch He's been wrestling mid car matches. He's been doing more tag team work Uh, he's, He's booked for a big match with Ishii, so hopefully if he wins that matchup, he could get his rematch in the future. Because, again, you know, there's so many good talented wrestlers in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Okada has faced basically all of them. He's beaten all of them. But, again, when I look at the roster, and when I look at the opportunity of taking that belt off of Okada, which I believe will happen over the summer... There's no better guy to do that than Omega. Now, the only guy that I think fits that same billing is Naito. But Naito is the Intercontinental Champion. I don't see New Japan having a double champion right now. Especially when it's the the two biggest belts in your company, the IC title and the heavyweight title. I don't see New Japan going in that route. So I don't expect Naito to, to challenge for that belt unless he loses the Intercontinental Championship at some point down the line. Maybe he'll get another shot against Okada or whoever the champion is. But again, when you look at the roster and who's the best guy to dethrone Okada, it's without question Kenny Omega. I mean, just look at the match that those two guys had at Wrestle Kingdom 11. The performance that Kenny Omega put together was incredible. If you're Gato, if you're the head writers, the creative team of New Japan Pro Wrestling, how do you deny... Kenny Omega of a second chance against Okada I mean people want to see that rematch now it's not going to top their first match no chance in hell if it does it would be insane but still that first matchup a second matchup is worthy of happening it has to happen and I'm still praying that at Dominion or when New Japan Pro Wrestling comes over to the United States and has some shows on the West Coast That's where we'll see Kenny Omega either win the championship or walk in to those shows as the champion. You you need a change. Okada's been champion for a long time. He's had a tremendous run. He's the face of the company. But once again, at some point, he has to drop that belt. He can't have that belt all the time. There's got to be other guys that deserve the opportunity to carry that belt. And when I look at the roster, there's nobody more deserving than Kenny Omega. Alright, the guy has been outstanding for New Japan Pro Wrestling for the past couple of years. 2016, he had one of the best years of 2016. Basically doing it all. And then he kicks off 2017 by having the greatest match in the history of the business with Okada at Wrestle Kingdom 11. And ever since then, he really hasn't done a whole lot, basically. You know, he's been... Yeah, he had the big match with Ishii at the New Japan Cup, which he lost. But ever since that... He really hasn't done a lot, so hopefully New Japan Pro Wrestling finds something for Omega to do. He has a big match with Ishii coming up. If he can beat Ishii in that match, I think that's a good way to put Omega back into the world title scene. Because let's be honest, you know, one of the biggest reasons why Kenny Omega, in my opinion, returned to New Japan Pro Wrestling is not because he's not interested at the moment of going to WWE. But because he wants to have a complete career with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And he's damn close to having that. The man's done it all. He's been IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. He's been Intercontinental Champion. He's been a never-openweight six-man tag champion with the Young Bucks. The guy took part in the first ever ladder match in the company's history. The guy won the G1 Climax Tournament. And he main-evented Wrestle Kingdom 11... I believe the first guy, the 1st non-Japanese-born wrestler to main event that pay-per-view in a long time. And he had probably the greatest match in the history of the business. If this guy wins the heavyweight championship, which I still think he will, then that's a complete career. But right now sitting here, how can I believe that he'll get that opportunity when New Japan Pro Wrestling has yet to hint at an opportunity for Kenny Omega? You know, Shibata lost the match to Okada. You would think Omega's the next guy. Nope, it's Baylock Fale. Hopefully, when Fale's done with Okada, we see Omega get his opportunity because he deserves it. He really does. So, But once again, the Okada-Shibata match was just awesome. I saw a lot of people think right on social media that it's better than Omega and Okada. I mean, here's my take on that. I, I, I see why you guys would say that why you think that shibata and okada was a better matchup but to me i i don't believe that the reasoning why i think omega and okada was still the better matchup is because number one i thought the build-up to the match was a lot better uh the way they built up omega for the past that past year was incredible storytelling uh number two there was a lot more action when you watch shibata and okada it felt more like a fight than a wrestling match I think the Omega-Okada match had a little bit of both. There was a lot more action, a lot more spots that were remembered. I mean, when I look back to Shibata and Okada, there really isn't one moment where I say, holy crap, what a moment that was, where Omega and Okada had many of those moments, whether it was the dragon suplex off the top rope, uh, the table spot on the outside where Okada flipped Omega out of the ring onto the table, the countless amount of rainmakers that Okada threw at it, Okay, at Omega, of course, the big one being Omega kicking out of the uh, the 360 um, tombstone. Uh, that that those are incredible moments. So, and as I'm speaking right now, we have a guy joining us right now. Huh. Um, Ryan Mart- Ryan Martirana, are you there?
1: I'm there. Can you hear me, Brian? Yes, I can hear you. What's up, man? There we go. It's about time. Man, sorry about the
0: technical yeah.
1: difficulties, but. So I was figured talking. It
0: out. Yeah, you figured it out. So it's good to have you on, Ryan. Uh, uh, while you were fixing the, the Wi-Fi connection at your house, I was just talking about the Sakura Genesis show that took place this past Sunday. I've gone through every single match. So I took my take. What's your take, Ryan, on what took place this past Sunday in New Japan Pro Wrestling for Sakura Genesis?
1: I thought it was a pretty good show overall. I, I did, um, you know, every New Japan show that I watch is typically very, very good. Usually, all the pay per views, meaning the big events such as this one, are always good and always worth, uh, you know, your time. I do stay up for a couple of them too sometimes. Uh, I didn't stay up live this past weekend, but I did catch it uh, later on in the day. Of course, the big match was Okada and Shibata, which was outstanding. I thought that was a great back and forth between the two. Uh, you know, Shibata is just incredible. He is some athlete, let me tell you. I mean, his, his shots are so lethal. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, they look real. They look like they almost hurt. And... uh just the way he punches, he throws those bombs, and just how quick he is, he is just incredible. He is off the charts. I really wish he would have become champion, but obviously we all knew that Okada was not dropping this belt. Uh, but overall, I thought the match itself was very, very good. Uh, so pretty good main event. And at this point, Brian, with Okada retaining the belt again, uh, looks like he'll be facing Bad Luck Fale at the next uh, uh, New Japan event. I think it's wrestling Dantaku in May. Uh, he's not going to drop the belt to Bad Luck Fale either. So, at this point, if he hasn't dropped this belt to Kenny Omega sometime in the summer, I don't know who's taking this belt off of him. Because Okada has literally beaten every single person who I think would have been capable of uh, to hold that belt, meaning Naito, Tanahashi, Shibata. I mean, he's beaten everybody. Minoru, Suzuki. So if it's not Kenny Omega, I don't know who is going to take this belt off of Okada, but he's had some run with this belt. He's had it since last June when he won it at Dominion, uh, and he's still rolling, so we'll see where he goes with that. Another thing I did like was uh, you know, shout-out to War Machine, Ray Rowe, and Hanson for becoming the IWGP Tag Team Champs. Very well-deserved. I was very, very happy with that as well. Overall, like I said, I uh, A really, really great show and definitely worth the time to check it out if you haven't.
0: Yeah, now speaking of uh, Shibata, uh, there were reports coming out that Shibata suffered a severe injury to the brain. Um, He was hospitalized. When he walked backstage, he collapsed, so they had to send him to the hospital. And we've heard a lot of different reports. We've heard reports that Shibata has a 50% chance of never wrestling again, which if that's the case, that is very sad news to hear because Shibata – is without question, not just one of the best in New Japan Pro Wrestling, but one of the best in the world. Like you say w- w- the way you watch this guy perform is incredible. This guy wrestles more like a UFC fighter than he does as a natural wrestler. I mean, watching that Okada match, I said it before, it felt like I was watching a UFC fight. The way these two guys were just hitting each other with forearms, with kicks, and with their heads, it was so cringeworthy to watch. But that's the way Shibata wrestles, and he said it himself that... That's the way I wrestle. I go all out and I try to hurt my opponent. I want to be as real as possible. And I said earlier in the show that I know Shinsuke Nakamura has the nickname King of Strong Style, which he's earned because Nakamura fits that bill well. But to me, there's nobody that fits that nickname more perfect in the wrestling world today than Shibata. This guy flat out hits you. He fits the Strong Style bill. But then I've also heard other rumors that this whole Shibata brain injury is all an angle. Uh, it, that's very confusing to see uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling go that route in terms of angles. When they play injury angles, it's more of leg injuries or neck injuries, not brain injuries. So that, if that's the case, that's a very odd way to play an angle. But nonetheless, it looks like Shibata is going to be out for a while, which is a shame because he's one of the best performers that the company has. So we wish the best for Shibata. Uh, Moving forward and another match. I taught I touched on Ryan was the Takahashi Kushida match which ended in a minute 56 Uh, Very shocking right there to see not shocked about the result I we did both pick the Takahashi to retain but the way the match ended the way the match went and then after the match was over Ricochet came out challenged Takahashi Ryan What are your thoughts on the way the match ended and your expectations of Ricochet versus Takahashi in the future? Yeah, no, I am
1: I am stoked about uh, Ricochet and Takahashi. I mean, my God, how can you not be that? That just, literally, just looking at those two in the middle of the ring, face-to-face, I mean, that just excites me right there, just a picture of those two alone. So I can only imagine how good that match would be. That would be off the charts. But yeah, I mean, it was a surprising... Uh, you know, turn of events. I mean, obviously, like you said, we both picked uh, Takahashi to hold on to this belt. Obviously, he's doing good things with it so far. He's not going to drop it right back to Kushida. Uh, but, yeah, I was very surprised at the length of the match and, and what ended up going down. Uh, but, yeah, I mean... Just, you know, for the future, looking ahead to, to the next event where we could possibly have Ricochet and Takahashi, which it looks like that's a the direction they are going to be going uh, after what we saw. I, th- I mean, whole- holy crap. I mean, really. I mean, that just excites the hell out of me. So I think that will be outstanding. I can't wait for that. But, yeah, very, very surprising to see. Like you said, not a surprising result. But uh, I'm not really sure why it was, uh, you know, as short as it was.
0: Yeah, that, that's what I don't get because I was expecting a long 25-minute match. These two guys just going all out, killing each other. But we got the opposite. We got a minute 56 matchup. I mean, Goldberg and Brock Lesnar for WrestleMania 33 was a longer match than that. So that that was uh, really shocking to see. So there you go. Sakura Genesis show was really good. If you have not seen it yet, please check it out, newjapanworld.com. They also got some replays on Facebook if you want to watch some specific matches. Go right ahead. Very fun show. Please check it out. Let's now move on to... WWE and this was a big week for the WWE as uh, this past Monday and Tuesday on Raw and Smackdown Live we had ourselves a roster shakeup which I'm which what do I mean by that is that we had some roster changes names went to different shows and first and foremost about the roster shakeup uh, WWE once again confused the holy hell out of us and the entire wrestling fan base because For the second time in a row and the first time being the draft, WWE did not do a good job in explaining the system of how this was going to work out. I mean, they did explain the system at the draft, but the system did not make sense in some ways. You know, where uh, when SmackDown gets two picks, Raw gets three because Raw is three hours, SmackDown is two hours. And then this and that. Very confusing stuff. With the roster shakeup, there was no explanation whatsoever and i thought it was going to be very similar to the draft where daniel bryan and kurt angle would be on stage in the ring a lot on the show basically making trades and we didn't get that we just saw random appearances from certain superstars announcing that they're on the show very confusing stuff so wwe really has to be a lot better in ways of explaining these types of things, you have to explain to your audience what's going on with the roster shakeup. Yes, we get it. There's going to be some changes to the roster, but explain to us how it's going to go down. Is it going to be by trade, or are you just going to randomly pick guys out of nowhere? I mean, you got to explain to your fans what the deal is. They didn't do that. So when, I was, when we were at Raw, Ryan, I was very confused about what the heck was going on. I mean, seeing all these SmackDown guys go to Raw... I mean, okay, are they officially here or not? And then they had to announce that, yes, I'm a part of the Raw roster. Yeah, that's cool, but, I mean, it was just mad confusing times that they didn't get the system, even if there ever was a system. So, uh, yeah, they got to do a better job in explaining, explaining to their audience... Um, on what the heck's going on, basically, because there's a lot of fans that were confused in the building. So that was that. But in terms of the roster decisions, uh, the majority of it I had no problem with. Uh, I was a little bit surprised that they made that many changes. I didn't expect it to be that much. I thought it'd be some certain names going, but there were there are a lot of big there are a lot of names moving on to different shows. And here's who we had uh, moving to Raw. We had starting off Miz and Maurice, Dean Ambrose, the Intercontinental Champion. Kurt Hawkins, Bray Wyatt, Apollo Crews, Kalisto, Heath Slater and Rhino, Alexa Bliss and Mickey James. Those are the names that moved on to Raw. As for SmackDown, we had the United States Champion Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, The Shining Stars, Jinder Mahal, Tamina, Charlotte, uh, excuse me, Sin Rusev and Lana and The New Day. So, in terms of the roster changes, there were a few that I did not agree with, specifically on Raw. Uh, the SmackDown changes I had no problem with either. The only part I did not like was that Anderson and Gallows were not drafted to SmackDown. Basically, I was hoping to see those guys go to SmackDown and reunite with AJ Styles, but we're not going to get that. But every other move that happened, no problem with. Raw, though, I had a problem with two of the moves. Miz and Maurice and Bray Wyatt. And I have, and and the problem is for both those guys, and it's the same reason, is that they're not going to get the same opportunities on Raw that they had on SmackDown. You know, a reason why The Miz and Bray Wyatt had the big impact that they did on SmackDown was not because they're very talented, but because the roster was so thin that there were more open opportunities for these guys to take part in these big storylines. You know, look at The Miz. The guy had so many big feuds in 2016 against guys like Dolph Ziggler, guys against against Dean Ambrose. Uh, he was involved in the Elimination Chamber match. He feuded with John Cena. Bray Wyatt, he was a tag team champion. He was a world champion. He feuded with Randy Orton. Those were opportunities that The Miz and Wyatt really never got for a long time. Now that they're both moving to Raw, they're not going to get that same opportunity because the Raw roster is a lot deeper especially at the top of the food chain. Look at the list of guys that are main event quality stars on Raw. Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Chris Jericho, Dean Ambrose, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, when Brock Lesnar, whenever he appears, those are, uh, Braun Strowman, those are a lot of big names that are going to be the faces of the main event class for Raw. In my personal opinion, and hopefully I'm wrong on this, I don't see Bray nor Miz making that same impact than they did on SmackDown. I think Miz, at best, is going to be a mid-carder for Raw, which I guess is okay. But personally, the Miz deserves a lot better than that. I was hoping that he would stay on SmackDown and possibly go after the World Championship because, let's be honest, he deserves it. A lot of people may not think he does, but he does deserve it. After the year that he had... Where he basically brought the IC title back to relevancy. The stuff he did with Daniel Bryan. The Miz deserved an opportunity to go back into the world title picture. Now that opportunity is out. Because I don't see him getting that opportunity on Raw. Same goes for Bray Wyatt. I think Bray at best is going to go back to his old ways. Where he's going to be built up every single week. Very strongly. He's going to take part in a major feud. But in the very end, he's not going to come out on top. And he'll never get the opportunity of going back in the world title picture. That's just me. That's my personal opinion. Uh, a, a lot of you may disagree, which you have the right to. But that's my fear. You know, I'm not saying that Miz and Bray are gonna be god awful on Raw. They'll probably okay, but they won't have the same amount of success on Raw than they did on SmackDown. All right, those two were big on SmackDown, and the simple reason why is because. The roster was thin. And there were more opportunities. All right, Smackdown, like they said numerous times, is the land of opportunity. And that was the truth when it came to Bray and Miz. With Raw, though, it's not going to be that same feeling because the roster is deeper. And the main event pitcher is a lot more deeper on Raw than what it was on Smackdown. So if there were any two moves that I disagree with on the roster shakeup, it was definitely the Miz and Bray Wyatt going to Raw.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to argue that point. I mean, uh like you said, Smackdown has been the land of opportunity since the brand split, and it's true. I mean, they don't just say that. It's actually true. Uh you know, based on the results of what we've been seeing since the split, uh, you know, again, I like this roster shakeup. It's much needed because some of these feuds need to get, uh, you know, a reset button here. We need some fresh new feuds. We need to, some new faces in different spots. So I do like the, the shakeup. But like you said, Brian, going back to what you originally said about the whole format, uh Again, very confusing. They didn't explain it. Basically, it just kind of just happened. I mean, Raw opened up Monday with the Miz and Maurice just coming out announcing that they're on Raw. Then it comes out to Dean Ambrose. He comes out and he says he's on Raw. I mean, it just and then the next segment, Kurt Hawkins comes out and says, hey, I'm on Raw. It's very, very confusing. And again, it should have been. A draft type format or have kurt angle and daniel bryan both there uh swapping people making even trades here and there they could have done something cool but instead they just threw guys out there and said hey i'm on ron i'm on raw now I'm, I'm here and then same goes for smackdown hey kevin owens comes out hey i'm on smackdown now Sami Zayn. hey i'm on smackdown with no explanation as to why they are you know why were they the chosen ones out of everybody so uh, again very very confusing stuff Um, it's hard to argue your points though I mean I do like The Miz going to Raw I get what you're saying he's not going to get the same opportunities as he did on SmackDown but let's be honest now the guy basically did everything he could over at SmackDown I don't think he would ever going to go for the WWE Championship I don't think he's ever going to become champion again that was a one time thing they did it it was over with I mean, Miz is great, but he is a mid-card guy. He is not main event level status. Again, it's, you can argue that point. Everybody has their own opinions. You might disagree. I just can't see the Miz being the top guy in the company like a, like a Roman Reigns, like a Randy Orton. I just cannot see it with him. He is mid-card level at best. Uh, So I think he did everything that he could at SmackDown. I'm interested to see what he does on Raw now. Bray Wyatt, like you said, too, going to Raw really just hurts him a lot. But you know what? I feel like even if he stayed at SmackDown, he still wouldn't get anything because they just completely wasted him with this cha- short championship run and then having to lose to randy orton at wrestlemania they just completely squashed everything that they built with this guy and now he's going to go back to the same old bray wyatt like you said getting into a big feud not going to come out on top not going to become champion again they're going to get booked terribly it, it's just again this is so sad how they do this to these guys because bray finally You think they give him the belt. They think, you know, finally, you know, they see something in him that we've been seeing in him for years. And then they just throw it all away and just to give the belt back to Randy Orton. Why? I have no idea. And again, what else is Bray going to do now? I mean, it just, again, it's just really, really sucks to see. So I don't know what the future holds for him. Uh, But, you know, I mean, those two moves, again, like you said, it's hard to argue that those guys are, you know, not going to get the same opportunities that they did on SmackDown because I don't see it. As for the SmackDown moves, though, I did love Kevin Owens going there. I do love Sami Zayn going there. I love Charlotte going there. I think Rusev going there when he gets back from injury, that's going to be great, too. The SmackDown moves were great. I mean, man, these are going to have some awesome feuds. Uh, It's going to be just so refreshing to see some new guys in different places. But what I am still confused about is now Kevin Owens moves over to SmackDown. So Chris Jericho is still on Raw. Now, these two are still currently in a feud and have a pay-per-view match at the end of the month on the Raw pay-per-view. So what, is Kevin Owens going to still appear on Raw to keep building towards that match? It's the same with Bray Wyatt. Is he still going to appear on SmackDown? Because he has a match with Randy Orton at a Raw pay-per-view. I don't know why. Uh, in a House of Horrors match for the WWE Championship. So is Bray still going to appear on SmackDown to keep building with Orton? Again, this is so confusing. The roster shakeup really just came out of nowhere, and now it just causes so much confusion because of the feuds that are currently going on and the matches that are already booked for the end of the month. So, again, very, very confusing format, but overall, when it's all said and done, I do think it's going to be good for both shows because, again, we need new feuds. It's been much needed for months now.
0: And, and, and you said it well there. Uh, again, just like the drag- Draft over the summer, the, the, this roster shakeup came at a bad time. You know, like the draft in the summer, they did the draft the week of Battleground. So Dean Ambrose, who was the champion, going in the triple threat match against Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, went to SmackDown, but with Roman and Rollins on Raw, made no sense there. And now we're in a situation where. Yes, Kevin Owens is going to face Chris Jericho at Payback, which will happen April the 30th on the WWE Network. But they're on two separate shows. Same goes for Bray and Randy. They're facing each other at Payback, House of Horrors match. Problem is, they're on separate shows. They should have saved this after Payback. If we're going to do this roster shakeup, it should have been saved for after Payback. But I'm going to be completely honest with you, Ryan. I don't think there was any plan. There was no long-term plan of this happening. They just did it out of nowhere. I think Vince just sat down and said, you know what? We're seeing a lot of the same feuds. We need fresh new storylines. We need fresh new feuds. Let's do a roster shakeup, which, all right, I'm happy that he decided to go that route. But he didn't build it. Vince just came out and said, all right, we're having a roster shakeup beginning next week. I mean, they should have saved it for after Payback because, like you said, right now it's causing mass confusion with some of the storylines. Two of the biggest matches on the Payback card. The superstars in each match are on different shows. How are you going to build up these matches now? This should have been saved for after Payback. Just like at the draft, That sh- that draft should have been saved for after Battleground or even a little bit further after SummerSlam just the way WWE just announces things out of nowhere, but they just build, they don't build it up. They just announce it and do it the next week or so. They got to hype these things up. They don't do a good job at that. They just said, yeah, we're going to do this, and boom, it's going to happen right away. No, build it up. Hype it up. Get fans excited. Tease some stuff. And again, the format for this little roster shakeup was not good. You got to explain to your fans what the heck is going on. Again, to have Miz come out saying, I'm a part of Raw. Dean Ambrose, right after him. I'm a part of Raw. Next segment, Kurt Hawkins. I'm a part. Of, what the hell is going on? Everyone, everyone going to Raw? Like you gotta, you gotta be more explanatory with how this format worked, and they just did not do a, jo- a good job at that. So, those are negatives to me. The format sucked, and the timing once again was stupid because they did this thing, they did the shakeup in the middle of the build-up of a pay per view. No, save it. Save it for after the pay-per-view. Why are you going to have this shake-up in the middle of this time where WWE is focusing on building up matches for a certain pay-per-view? No, don't do that. Save it. There's no need to rush it, but they did. So it is what it is. But back to the roster moves. Um, The the moves I love the most, again, like you said, Ryan, were SmackDown. I thought SmackDown absolutely killed it. I mean, when Dean Ambrose was going to Raw, you knew it was going to be Kevin Owens going to SmackDown. That's great to see Owens on SmackDown. His charisma, his talent, he's going to be a big part of the SmackDown brand. Sami Zayn joining him to me doesn't excite me that much because, again, it keeps Sami and Owens together. And for so long, I've been saying on this show that I, it has to happen. Owens and Zayn have got to be separate from each other. But I'm not all that worried about that. Because I think Sami Zayn will get more opportunities. There's that word. There's that word again. Opportunities on the blue brand, than he would on the red brand. I mean, just look. This past Tuesday on SmackDown, his first time on SmackDown, he was in the main event. Even though he lost, he was in the main event of SmackDown, wrestling Baron Corbin and AJ Styles for the number one uh, for the number one contender spot for the United States Championship. Right there, SmackDown is giving him the opportunity. He never saw that on Raw. The best opportunity he ever got on Raw was that he wrestled Chris Jericho for that championship and it was a one-and-done deal. That was it. Zayn never really got any other big opportunity like that on Raw. First night on SmackDown, he's right in the main event scene. Perfect. Sammy deserves it. Alright? And I'm happy that he's on SmackDown. It should have been a long time coming for this guy. Because, again, he may not have the charisma, he may not have the character, but the guy has a great connection with the fans. He's a freaking good wrestler. He plays the underdog role the underdog role perfectly. That's the way he should be booked. Right? Yes, I agree that the booking on this guy of his character has not been that good. One week he's serious, the next week he's like a jokester. No, make him one guy. Make him one character, and they should stick with the underdog character. But I'm happy that he's on SmackDown. Good for him. Charlotte on SmackDown is perfect. I mean, the SmackDown Women's Division has been great without Charlotte, but still, they don't get enough publicity that they should. Raw gets a lot of it because they had Sasha, you had Bayley, you had Charlotte. But now Charlotte, who is without question the top women's wrestler in WWE, on SmackDown is going to legitimize the SmackDown women's division. Trading her with Alexa Bliss was perfect. Bliss on Raw with Mickie James is going to really bring some new fresh air to the Raw women's division. I was thrilled that Sasha Banks did not go to SmackDown. If that was going to happen, that would have been a humongous mistake because just like Zayn and Owens, don't keep Sasha and Charlotte together. Separate them. you know. Because if you put Sasha and Charlotte on SmackDown – they're bound to face each other once again. And we've seen enough of them for the past year. We don't need to see more from them. So I was thrilled they kept Sasha away from Charlotte. She's still on Raw. And if you're Raw, it's time to make Sasha Banks turn heel. Let her turn heel. Start feeding with Bailey, Because we all know that heel turn's coming. Might as well do it pretty soon. If they put her on SmackDown, it would have not been a good look. But... The moves are solid. I mean, New Day on SmackDown, that's good to see. SmackDown needs the help on the tag team division. Uh, New Day is going to help him out greatly. Uh, Rusev and Lana on SmackDown, that should be good. But it looks like they're going to be going their separate ways. Lana is pursuing an in-ring career now, what it looks like. Rusev is right now facing an injury. Uh, Raw had some good moves as well. I mean, you got Kalisto on Raw. He's going to be part of the cruiserweight division. Apollo Crews on Raw. Does nothing for me. I like the guy. It doesn't matter if he's on SmackDown or Raw. He's never going to get the opportunity. He's a great talent. He's a good athlete. But he just does not have the charisma. He doesn't have the character. And when you don't have that, you're not going to succeed. And, yeah, that's basically it. I thought the shakeup was good. In terms of the roster changes, it went very well. It was a a success, in my opinion, Uh, other than a couple of other moves I did not agree with. But the roster changes were a success. And like you said, Ryan, this needed to happen. You can't, we can't keep watching the same feuds over and over again. We need some fresh new feuds. We need fresh new storylines. And we'll get that with this roster shakeup. So I'm happy with the roster changes. But overall, the format, the timing, which is not that good. This should have been saved after payback. And the format should have been more explained to our twist fans. But we didn't get that. And that's just typical WWE for you. But overall, I thought the roster shakeup was a success.
1: Yeah, definitely. And like you said, after payback, I think, you know, it's going to be in full swing. And I think, you know, we're going to start to see more and more of that success because we're going to see new feuds. I mean, we already got AJ Styles and Kevin Owens lined up for the United States Championship for after payback. So that's exciting. Uh, Hey, nobody's really talking about this, I feel like, because it wasn't really a move. Uh, But AJ Styles stayed on SmackDown and he is now on the same show as Shinsuke Nakamura, which is really, really exciting. I mean, people talking about, you know, last week, uh, people thinking AJ was a lock to go to Raw and everybody was mad because, oh, you know, of course, Shinsuke arrives on SmackDown the week before AJ moves to Raw. uh, But that didn't happen. AJ stayed put. He's on SmackDown still. uh, So that's exciting. You got to think that him and Nakamura are are destined to have a feud together at some point, uh, you know, if they're on the same show. So, I mean, that, that's so exciting. Uh, Again, we're going to see some different things you know, Baron Corbin, of course, looks like he's sticking around uh, the spotlight. Of course, he should have been the intercontinental champion, which is so stupid. Hopefully he gets a shot at the United States title somewhere down the line. Uh, I mean, this guy definitely deserves it. Sami Zayn, too, good to see him already in the main event picture. I think he's definitely going to get some huge opportunities on SmackDown. Again, I know, like what you said, separate him from Owens, but you know what? I don't really care because I've been clamoring for Sami Zayn to go to SmackDown ever since the brand split started. I felt like this guy was more fit for SmackDown than Raw, so I'm glad to finally see him there. Like you said, the New Day will greatly help out the tag division. How about the Shining Stars too? Making a, a pretty good first impression on SmackDown. Didn't look like they were in their goofy, stupid, uh, you know, character gimmicks uh, like like they were like we've seen them be on Raw. They looked kind of badass, like they were really taking care of business. So if they can really, uh, you know, turn their themselves around they could be a big part of this tag division as well like you said Rusev when he comes back from injury I think he could be a a big part Uh, Lana looks like she's you know possibly gonna be an in-ring performer now too so I like all the moves there again like you said Brian it's good to see it's refreshing it's much needed I guess we're not having a draft now if they just did some of these changes so I guess a draft isn't needed after this but uh we'll see what happens like you said after payback that's when it's all gonna take shape uh, and it's really exciting, so I'm looking forward to
0: it. Now let's talk about what took place on the shows, Raw and SmackDown. We had the roster shakeup, of course, for both shows. But what went on for the show is basically what went on in the ring, on the microphone, backstage, what went down. Of course, the highlight of the Raw show this past Monday, both me and Ryan were in attendance at the new Nassau Coliseum uh, in Long Island. Was the whole Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns segment. Uh, Number one, of course, it started out, Michael Cole was interviewing Roman Reigns backstage about The Undertaker. And here's Roman Reigns. Oh, this is my yard now. Blah, blah, blah. People are booing. No shocker there. And then out of nowhere, here comes Braun freaking Strowman. Who's on a freaking rampage right now. He's throwing Roman Reigns into walls. Into tables. uh, Just being the holy hell out of this guy. And so he beats him up so bad that here comes the stretcher. And you think it's over. You think that it's done. Stroman did his work. Nope, not over yet. Roman's on the stretcher. Braun takes the stretcher. Throws Roman off of, not a cliff, but uh, throws him off, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but uh, he basically throws Roman Reigns off. I'll say a cliff. It's not really a cliff, but you know what I mean. Off the ledge, you could say. Ledge, yeah. My that that was what I was looking for. Uh, throws him off the ledge. He's you know he's strapped to or the a loading stre-
1: dock. Whatever. Yeah,
0: loading dock. All right. Uh, he's he throws him off the loading dock. Roman's strapped in the stretcher. Throws him off the loading dock. All right. You think it's over then? Again, they pick up Roman Reigns in the stretcher. They put him in the ambulance. Nope. Here comes Braun Strowman again. And this time around, Braun Strowman decides to say, you know what? I want to lift this freaking ambulance with my two freaking bare hands. I'm going to flip it over. And to his credit, Braun Strowman exactly did that. He lifted up this freaking ambulance, which I'm not sure how how heavy it is. It's got to be very, very heavy. Lifts it up, not with ease. He struggled a little bit. But yeah, but he's freaking uh, lifting up a freaking ambulance, for Christ's sake. But he does it, lifts up the ambulance, flips it over. Reigns is still in the ambulance. Boom. Ending segment. Wow. That's all I can say is, wow. That moment on, Braun Strowman became the biggest babyface in the company. All right? Now, in terms of the storyline, we all know he's going to be the heel in the story. But my God, I, I think Braun Strowman is going to be beloved for a very long time. After that, just demolish. After it just demolishing, destroying the destruction of Roman Reigns. And I'm surprised that Vince McMahon allowed this to happen. To have his poster boy Roman Reigns get annihilated by Braun Strowman. He said, you know what? The fans want to see Roman Reigns get absolutely destroyed. I'm going to give him what they want. For the first time in a long time. I'm going to have Braun Strowman not just beat up Roman Reigns. But just destroy him. And that's exactly what happened. And it was so cool to see. Now in the very end with the storyline. People are not going to be happy. Because we know where this is going right now. Roman Reigns is going to come back. He's going to be looking for revenge. And in the very end, he's going to be Braun Strowman. And fans are going to be more outraged. But people, if you follow wrestling closely, you should see the writing on the wall. If you don't, I'm sorry to tell you, but that's what's going to happen, people. Braun got the win here. But in the very end, when these two guys go head-to-head, which will probably happen at payback... Roman is going to get the better of Braun Strowman. Because Roman Reigns, once again, is the face of the company. Whether you like it or not, he's the top guy in the company. I don't think he should be, but that's not my decision. It's Vince's decision, and if Roman Reigns is the guy to him, he's going to be the guy. But overall, that segment was so good. Braun Strowman is just the definition of a badass. Don't mess with this guy. He will kick your ass, and he proved that on Monday. With him just annihilating, destroying, dismantling, whatever whatever adjective you want to use. He just annihilated Roman Reigns and made the fans happy. But in the very end, Ryan, we all know what's going to happen. Roman's going to get his revenge. And he's going to be the one on top laughing over Braun Strowman.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, first off, what a segment. That was just absolutely unbelievable. I mean, uh, you know, again, just when you think Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns feud is over, it's not. Uh, you know, it, it took a little break so that Roman could face The Undertaker at WrestleMania. And now, you know, again, Braun Strowman is still outraged. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, you b- basically explained it best. He just demolished Roman Reigns. He, he tore him apart. And just when he thought it was over, it wasn't. Uh, you know, twice you, you would think it was over and it wasn't. Uh, throwing him off... Of the loading dock while he's still in the stretcher strapped up that was unbelievable right there because that's pretty dangerous you know by just chucking him off the loading dock when this guy's strapped up I mean Roman could have fell the wrong way on his neck I mean he could have really suffered a very very terrible injury Uh, but luckily you know it looks like he's he's gonna be okay obviously wouldn't hear anything uh, from it but boy was that brutal Uh, and if that wasn't brutal enough here come here he goes going into the ambulance and just when you think it's over again here comes Braun storming into the ambulance, uh, beating the hell out of Reigns again, closing the door and lifting it up and flipping it over. I mean, it was unreal. And like you said, Brian, I mean, Braun Strowman here looked like the baby face. And, and we all know that he is supposed to be the heel and Roman's supposed to be the babyface. But in terms of fans' reaction, you know, Roman's the heel in, in that sense. And, and Braun is the biggest baby face. I mean, people were going nuts. Thank you, Strowman, Chance. You know, everybody going nuts for Braun Strowman. And like you said... He is going to be beloved because of this. Uh, and it's just funny. It's just like, it's not the way WWE wants us to think, but it's it's the way everybody is going to take it as. And like you said, I mean, you could see the writing on the wall. If you've been watching wrestling, I mean, this is what typically happens. Now this is going to cause... Uh, another match at payback obviously Roman Reigns is going to come back I did see today on WWE.com you know I put this in air quotes he has a separated shoulder not really but part of the storyline so he'll probably come back in a couple of weeks right before the pay-per-view him and Braun will have another match and Roman will probably get payback and he'll probably get the best of Braun and then move on and the feud will be over uh, again, and then people will will be just as mad as when he beat The Undertaker. But again, I have no problem with that. I think, you know, this adds so much intrigue to this upcoming match that whatever happens, happens. you got to accept the fact that Roman Reigns is going to be the guy. Uh, again, there's nothing we can do about it. Everybody can boo all they want. Uh, again, everybody just literally hates this guy. And, uh, you know, again, I'm, I've just learned to accept him at this point. I don't hate him. He's a good worker. Uh, it's kind of funny. Every time he goes, this is my yard, and he acts like a heel. People just get so outraged. It, it's almost to the point where it's funny. It's not even me. I don't even get frustrated. I just laugh at how many people actually get so mad over Roman Reigns nowadays. So, again, awesome segment. Like you said, the highlight of the show. Uh, and again, this adds some intrigue to this upcoming match to see what happens when Roman Reigns comes back. And we'll see what happens with Braun Strowman, too. The one thing I did want to mention, too, they make Braun look like this huge monster, right? Flipping over in the ambulance, just basically killing Roman Reigns, looking like a huge bully. But then you have, you know, the the, the week before, he's backing down from Brock Lesnar. You have him backing down from The Undertaker a couple of months ago during the Roman and Undertaker build. That's what I don't get with Braun Strowman. You make this guy look like a monster half the time and a little pussy sometimes, where he's backing down from certain guys. He should have went at Brock Lesnar that time, uh, right after the Roy after Mania. I wish he would have challenged him to a title match or something. I mean, really, it's just ridiculous how they build this guy up so great sometimes, and then other times they make him look like a wimp. So uh, to me, it's just a little confusing, but we'll see what happens. I hope Braun eventually gets a championship match or something. This guy definitely deserves it. He is just a monster, and I'm looking forward to see how he gets booked in the future.
0: And they've been looking for that monster for a long time. I mean, we all know Vince McMahon loves those big guys. Uh, the guys that are like six five, six six, even like six ten, uh, definitely over three hundred pounds, and we have not seen that type of guy in a long time. And I mean by that, like a full timer. You know, yes, The Undertaker's a big guy, but he's been a part timer. Brock Lesnar's a part timer. Vince has been finding that one guy that will be on the show every week, being a monster, and he hasn't had that in a long time. He's got that in Braun Strowman. And I agree with you. I mean, this guy should be continued to book to be booked on as a Badass as a dominant monster, And and I completely agree with you that it made no sense. You know, you have this guy just destroy Roman Reigns, but the week before, he bitches out to Brock Lesnar. A couple of weeks before that, he wimps out to The Undertaker. Why? You know, if you want to make Braun Strowman a badass, why don't you have Braun get in Taker's face? Get in Brock's face and say how it is. Like, I'm going to take that belt away from you. And they just haven't done that. So, again, you know, they have not booked this guy poorly. They've been booking this guy pretty well. But those are some errors that they have to correct. You can't have this guy wimp out. He's freaking 6'10", over 300 pounds. Why in the hell are you going to have this guy wimp out? If he wimps out, then he's not what he is supposed to be. All right? So, yes, they got to fix that up. Uh, as for the rest of Raw, I mean, we have new uh, tag, number one contenders for the tag team belts. Cesaro and Sheamus will challenge the Hardy Boys. Uh, their eight-man tag team match with uh Gallus and Anderson and the Shining Stars are very good, but what just didn't make sense to me, Ryan, is that you know, you have these two teams, they're gonna face each other for the belts to payback. Why aren't they having any animosity as a tag team? You know, they felt more like they had better chemistry together as tag team partners than they're gonna have chemistry together as rivals. I mean if you really want to build this tag team matchup right. Let there be animosity between these two tag teams. Let them get in each other's faces. They didn't need to win that match against Gals and Anderson and the Shine Stars. All right? Let the two teams clash clash with each other. Let them have some problems. See that the Hardys and Cesaro and Sheamus work together so well as a tag team, and then the match is over, they hug each other, shake hands? You're freaking opponents in a couple of weeks. Let there be bitterness to each other. That didn't make sense to me. So, I mean, it's just stupid. Just stupid booking stuff by Raw. Um, You have Finn Balor now hurt again. Thank you, Jinder Mahal, you freaking idiot. Uh, Balor was in action against Mahal. And right early in the match, Mahal basically gives Finn Balor a concussion. Uh, Balor did finish the match. And now it looks like he's going to be feeding with Bray Wyatt once Bray is done with Randy Orton. But now Bowes out for about two to four weeks with a concussion. So, I mean, that's good somewhat because, you know, Bray is focusing on Randy. It's not like Bray and Finn are feuding with each other right now. So you can let Finn sit down for a couple of weeks until he gets ready for Bray Wyatt. But still, I mean, this guy can't catch a break. He came off a very severe shoulder injury. He comes right back. Next, the, the, next week he's back. He suffers a concussion. That's on Ginder. Jinder's got to be a lot smarter than that. I mean, Ginder, you're a freaking professional. You cannot give this guy a concussion. I'm sorry. He's a big-time star. you got to be careful, and he was just not careful in this scenario. So we wish uh, a speedy recovery for Finn Balor. Uh, and that was basically, yeah. I mean, Seth Rollins – is the staying on Raw. That's good to see. We thought that he was going to be moving on the SmackDown. Carnell came out and said, "No, I want you on Raw." It looks like we're going to we're going to get the Seth Rollins, Samoa Joe, Few. We've been waiting for this for a little bit now. We're going to get that good to see, get Joe going. He hasn't really gone off to a good start. Uh, since him, he got called up. Hell, he wasn't even on WrestleMania, which is a damn shame. But this will be good for a good first feud for Samoa Joe against Seth Rollins. Uh, the women's division now looks interesting. No Charlotte. Now it's going to be Bailey, Sasha Banks, uh, Alexa Bliss, Mickey James, and now in the fold, Nia Jax in the fold as well. So the women's division starting to get some new faces, some new stories will be built. So overall, being live at Raw in the Coliseum was very solid. It wasn't the greatest show, but there was some good stuff happening. Uh, like I just pointed out, Braun killing Roman Reigns. Uh, Seth and Joe starting to begin their feud. Uh, new look in the women's division. Dean Ambrose now bringing the IC title over. That should be interesting. So overall, uh, for the first Raw during this shakeup, not a bad start. So overall, solid Raw.
1: Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Again, like you said, a couple of good, good things that went on. Uh, obviously, you know, the eight-man tag match was pretty fun. But like you said, the Hardys and uh, Sheamus and Cesaro, it was kind of weird that they were on the same team considering the fact that they're going to be facing off against each other at payback. So, again, you know, and, and after the match, the shaking hands and stuff, I, I don't, you know, I feel like those things don't work nowadays in WWE. You know, nobody wants to see... Uh, you know, feuds go on where the guys respect each other and shake hands before, you know, the match or whatever. This is not UFC where they're going to touch gloves, shake hands, respect each other, and beat the holy hell out of each other. They have to have some, you know, back and forth. They have to have some, you know, feud. You got to have a heel and a face here. I mean, it's just, I feel like it does not work in WWE because, you know, again, watching those guys shake hands, or they respect each other. To me, it's just not interesting to see those guys going up against each other. I'd rather see the Hardy Boys go up against Gallows and Anderson or something like that. So, uh, again, And like you said, that really didn't make too much sense. But always great to see the Hardy Boys in action. They're always so much fun to watch. They got the win for their team, so that was pretty good. Like you said, Finn Balor, again, I mean, really, I hope this guy just doesn't continue getting injury injury after injury after injury. I mean, I just – I can see it already, man. It's always the ones we love getting injured the most. I just hope he continues to stay healthy after this because, of course, this concussion thing, it's not his fault. Uh, Jinder Mahal has to be be more careful – I mean, you can't throw a punch like that, for Christ's sake. I mean, really, you got to be more careful. Uh, so, again, nothing you can really do about that. I mean, it happens. But, uh, like you said, wish Finn Balor speedy recovery there. I love the women's division now on Raw. I really do. I think it's great. Um Bailey and Sasha looks to be you know uh be the feud, hopefully going into the summer. But I love the fact that you got Nia Jax, you got Alexa Bliss there now, you got Mickey James. I mean that right that that was basically the women's division for Raw right there. That whole segment. I thought that was great. Again, it's fresh, it's exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to see Mickey James possibly become a Royal Women's champ. Alexa Bliss become the champ, uh, the champion. You know what, at this point, they built building Nia Jax up. She's killing everybody. Give Nia a short run with the belt. I mean, again, she is such a huge monster that it's going to look bad if she never ends up getting that belt at some point. So might as well give it to her, have a short reign. I think her and Mickey James can have a good feud together. I think it could definitely be interesting. We'll see where they go with it. But I love the Royal Women's division right now at the moment. Uh, main event, obviously, had Dean Ambrose and Kevin Owens. Uh, You know, nothing really too special about that. Like you said, Seth Rollins, Samoa Joe, we're finally getting that. Looks like there'll be a match at Payback. Uh, Very surprised that Seth didn't move over to SmackDown. Maybe when Stephanie McMahon comes back, she kicks him off the show. Who knows? But uh, that was pretty good right there. So like you said, all in all, I enjoyed Raw. I thought it was pretty good. And uh, we'll see what happens from here on out.
0: As for the SmackDown brand, I thought it was very good as well. Uh, Again, the roster shakeup, the roster changes were very, very good. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn uh charlotte are all on smackdown that is going to help this brand out big time but of course the biggest story is that aj styles who was rumored for a long time that he was heading to raw not the case he's staying on smackdown uh i heard a report that it was going to be aj styles going to raw but instead they chose bray wyatt over aj so i'm happy about that aj styles like you said it you know he's the face that runs the place he, Even though that, that's a corny saying, that is the truth. AJ Styles is the face that runs SmackDown, and he's the guy that built the SmackDown brand. He is not lying. He is telling the truth, and, it, and SmackDown right now just can't afford to lose AJ Styles. He's their top guy. And now it looks like he's going to be moving into a face role because uh, from what I read, that he's going to be a face from now on. And if he's feuding with Kevin Owens for that championship, he's going to be a face. There's no way Owens is going to be the face and Styles as a heel. That's just not believable to me. Even though Owens can play a face, AJ is just a much better face than Kevin Owens. That's just a fact. So AJ, new number one contender, very good triple threat match with Zayn and Corbin. Uh, you know, it's a little bit weird to see AJ now fall back into the mid-card pitcher, but right now, Randy Orton's focusing on Bray Wyatt. Uh, who knows what's going to happen after that, but it's good to see it. Let AJ do something meaningful, and fighting for the United States Championship is a meaningful Meaningful role for AJ Styles. Will he win the belt? I don't see it because I do believe in short time AJ will be right back in the world title picture where he belongs He's the top guy in that brand so good to see AJ Styles get the opportunity and like we said before with Sami Zayn He even though he lost the match to see Sami Zayn get that opportunity and to be part of the main event of SmackDown He never saw that once on Raw so to see that happen on SmackDown is a good sign that SmackDown is gonna use Sami Zayn properly uh, again, Charlotte to the women's division. That's going to be good to see. Uh, we'll see who Naomi's next opponent will be. Will it be Charlotte? Maybe. Maybe they will have a battle royal to determine the number one contender. We'll see what happens with that. Tamina also added to the SmackDown women's roster. That's good to see. She's going to be the Nia Jax of SmackDown. What I mean by that is just power. Basically, she's going to be the muscle, the powerhouse of the SmackDown women's division. Uh, you had Shinsuke Nakamura. Now we all know his first feud will be with Dolph Ziggler. I didn't really like the segment that much. I mean, nothing really happened. You know, Nakamura said his little thing. Dolph is like, Who the heck are you? Blah, blah, blah. I thought it was a little bit underwhelming, but still, Nakamura's first view with Dolph Ziggler, that's perfect. Even though I thought it was going to be with The Miz, it's not. Hey, Dolph Ziggler, not a bad choice. Because a lot of people that want to see Shinsuke in a big storyline right away, you can't do that with Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, I, I know one kid on, on, on Facebook is like oh my god. This is ridiculous versus Dolph Ziggler. Is that a joke or something? I mean, let's be honest. I mean Yes, uh, I mean we all want to see Shinsuke in a big feud, you know Just imagine him versus Kevin Owens or him versus AJ Styles. That's great But not when he just debuts you just you got to let that build all right, you cannot rush Shinsuke Nakamura This early you got to bring him up build him slowly All right They should not be talking about Nakamura versus AJ Styles until WrestleMania season. There is no other place for that match to happen than WrestleMania. Some may say SummerSlam. Okay, but I think AJ Nakamura, that's better served for WrestleMania. That's a WrestleMania match. You want to do Kevin Owens versus Shinsuke Nakamura? Save that for SummerSlam. Who doesn't want to see that? But right now... Shinsuke's first feud should not be with those guys it has to be with somebody that is a you know not a big uh, Kind of a big name not the biggest name, but a pretty good name But a guy that right now is not in any significant feud and that's Dolph Ziggler Ziggler will put Nakamura over Ziggler knows his spot He's not going to be getting all these great opportunities anymore He's going to be a guy that's going to put the young guys over And he will do that with Shinsuke Nakamura. And that should be the right move. Let Nakamura start out fresh. Bring him along slowly. And they're doing the right thing with Dolph Ziggler. For those who say, oh, he should be facing Owens and Styles. You're out of your freaking mind. That means you're rushing Shinsuke. You can't do that. Alright, Shinsuke Nakamura has the potential to be the top star on SmackDown. Now, yes, it will be tough for him with his English and his language. I mean, his English is pretty damn good for a Japanese guy. But still, not the greatest. And it's going to be tough to see that. But he's got the charisma. He's got the in-ring ability. He's got the experience. And he's got the fans' connection that he has a chance to be a top guy on the SmackDown brand. You do not want to rush that. First time he's on the SmackDown brand two weeks in. You don't want to put him in a big storyline like that. So I'm happy they're starting on slow with him. And he's going to be starting a few with Dolph Ziggler. That will be a good, fresh start for Shinsuke. And it will build him up until uh, in the future... For a championship opportunity. But right now. Two weeks in. You can't put Shinsuke in a big feud. Anything else that happened. Usos beat the American Alpha. The tag team belts again. Shine Stars came out. Attacked American Alpha. Pretty curious to see where the SmackDown division goes from here. New Day. Shine Stars. New acquisitions. That's good to see. Uh, I mean. Who knows where the Usos go from here. It looks like Alpha will feud with the Shine Stars. So for the time being. Will it be New Day versus the Usos. Who the heck knows. But overall. Good Smackdown. Randy Orton being Eric Rowan does nothing for me, as he continues to await the House of Horrors match with Bray Wyatt to pay back. But overall, good Smackdown. The roster looks great now with Ty Dillinger also on board. Can't forget about Ty Dillinger, him, Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles is staying. Randy Orton's still there. Baron Corbin's still there. And you have the additions of All Wins, the additions of Sami Zayn. Rusev will be there pretty soon. SmackDown's roster may be a lot better than what it was before. <laughs> you can basically say that. It's a lot better than what it was before. So overall, Raw was good, and so was SmackDown.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like you said, I mean, I, I just I'm so in love with the SmackDown moves. I think the SmackDown roster is, is awesome. It's perfect. It, they really didn't lose any significant pieces. I mean, uh, the ones that they did lose, I mean, they gained an even bigger piece, you can argue. I mean, losing the Miz was pretty big, but look, they, they gained Kevin Owens. They gained Sami Zayn, losing Bray Wyatt. was, You know, again, you could argue was big in a way, but again, they, they gained so many big pieces and now they got a, a great roster. I mean, you got AJ Styles, you got Shinsuke Nakamura, you got Randy Orton, you got Kevin Owens, Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn. I mean, that's, that's a pretty solid roster right there. So I'm intrigued. I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, you know, like you said, you basically said all the, the segments that happened. I thought for the most part, everything was pretty good. Uh, you know, the opening segment to kick off the show was great. You know, again, like you, like you mentioned before, uh, it's kind of weird to see AJ Styles get kicked back, uh, to the mid card status, but you know what nowadays, not everybody can stay on top forever. You know, I mean, people have their moments at the top and then, you know what, if they fall a little bit. you you can't really complain about it too much because they're still on television. They're still getting feuds. AJ Styles is still getting a championship match, whether it's the WWE championship or the United States belt. It doesn't really matter. He's on television, he's still in a big-time feud, and he's still fighting for a championship in the WWE. So you really can't, like, you know, again, you see so many people arguing and constantly complaining, like you just said about uh, you know, somebody saying on Facebook about Nakamura, too, about how it's ridiculous he's in a feud with Dolph Ziggler. Again, not Not everybody can be on the top, you know, again, everybody gets so upset nowadays when their favorites aren't at the top or when they are at the top and they have their moment for a couple of months or whatever, and then they fall down the ladder. It's like, what do you want them to do? They can't, they can't stay up there forever. I mean really like Dolph Ziggler he's another example he's had his moments at the top I mean heck SummerSlam last year he's with main eventing with Dean Ambrose for the WWE championship at SummerSlam and now look at him he he couldn't be any more irrelevant so again I think that's a a great first feud for Nakamura you know him and Ziggler I think is perfect again Nakamura is involved in a feud he's on television he's not sitting in the back he's not not getting TV time so again the fact that people are complaining this guy's not being pushed right to the main event spotlight and he's not Facing Randy Orton on his second night on on SmackDown, I mean it was, it's ridiculous. So again, you know I, I like where they're going. I like the feuds. Again, this is this is great stuff right here. Uh, you know every other segment was good too. Like you said, the, the tag team division. Uh, You know, Usos beating American Alpha. American Alpha looks like they're out of the tag, you know, spotlight for the championships. Look like they'll be facing uh, the Shining Stars. I don't really know what kind of feud that's going to be. I don't know where the Usos go, like you said. Uh, Shane McMahon announcing what we originally thought he was going to announce Charlotte coming out, uh, you know, the daughter of a Hall of Famer, but it ended up being Tamina. Like you said, Brian, it's going to be basically SmackDown's, uh, you know, version of Nia Jax. Uh, She's going to be the powerhouse. I don't think she's ever going to get the championship. She's always gonna be in there, though. She's always gonna dominate, uh, kick ass, and take names. That's what she's gonna do. Uh, the addition of Charlotte, though, is big. We'll see who comes and becomes number one contender to Naomi, like you said. And then AJ Styles closing out the show. Uh, winning the number one contendership spot, and he'll face Kevin Owens after payback at some point. So again, yeah, like you said, I mean, Raw was great, SmackDown was great. I really love where they headed with some of these feuds. Again, the superstar shakeup, very, very successful and much needed.
0: And there was actually some interesting stuff going on with the 205 Live show. Uh, Going back to Raw for a second, we had ourselves a heel turn as TJ Perkins, who walked into the Cruiserweight Classic, and then to 205 Live as a face, the first ever uh, – the uh, cru- the first uh, Cruiserweight champion since the belt came back to relevancy, now is a heel as in his match with Austin Aries that uh, the match is over, Neville and Aries were staring eye to eye. And then Perkins came from behind and attacked uh, Austin Aries. Now is basically – you can basically say is Neville's bitch basically. So, uh, I mean, I- is it going to work out for Perkins? I'm not so sure. I mean, the, the thing you have to do though is try. I mean – Maybe it's not going to work out, but still, you have to try. I look, I look, it helped out Neville big time, right? Neville came into the main roster with no charisma whatsoever. He was a great wrestler, good athlete, but Neville never had that charisma. Bang, turns heel. Look at him now. Neville has tremendous amount of charisma. He plays the heel role perfectly. You know, he handles himself like like he should as the king of the cruiserweights. Uh, per, will it be the same for Perkins? I'm not so sure. I don't think Perkins has the same. Connection with the fans that Neville did, and I'm not sure if he has that same charisma. But all you got to do is try. We'll see what happens with this. Maybe it works out for Perkins because look, this guy's very talented, he's good in the ring, he's a seasoned veteran. And this face run that he had was just not going well, he was becoming irrelevant. So, this is a way that WWE's like, you know what, we're not giving up on TJP, we're going to turn this guy's heel, see where it goes from here. And we'll see what it works out. I mean, uh, am I happy that Perkins is now going to be underneath Neville as basically Neville's sidekick? Not really. I think Perkins should branch out on his own as a heel like Brian Kendrick has done, like Noam Dar has done. But uh, still, all you have to do is try. We'll see what happens. It may not work out, but still, it's good to see that WWE is actually trying to get TJ Perkins over as a top-notch talent in the Cruiserweight division. But speaking of the Cruiserweight division... Not this past Monday, but a couple, uh, basically last week, the Raw Aftermania, a interesting name was backstage, and a guy that I think, if he signs with the company, will be in 205 Live, and that is Leo Rush. We've mentioned him before. Leo Rush is no longer with Ring of Honor. He said his goodbyes, and now he's a free agent. All right, he's still doing some shows for PWG. Uh, For Red Pro, who he wrestled today for Red Pro in a big six-man tag match. He's also still a part of CZW, the Wrestling Revolver. But Leo Rush is not under contract with a specific company. And we've heard his name in rumors about going to WWE. And people said, all right, if he goes to WWE, where should he go? NXT or the Cruiserweight division? Now, I would originally say... That he should go to NXT. i rather see these top independent wrestlers go to the yellow brand than the purple brand basically. But in this case, I think Leo Rush is just better served for the Cruiserweights. My only reason why is this. If you are seen Leo Rush go to NXT, if you're a diehard wrestling fan and you've seen Leo Rush go to NXT, you're expecting big things from this guy. Because he's a big name on the independents, he's a former Ring of Honor superstar, and he's going to NXT, you want to see this guy succeed. This is a fact. Not my opinion, but this is a fact. He's not going to have the same level of success in NXT than he would on 205 Live. Simple reason. Because of his size. I mean, I hate really saying that, but that's the truth. If Leo Rush goes to NXT, do you honestly think that he's going to be over guys like Cassius Ono, guys like a Black, Bobby Roode... Uh, Eric Young, Roderick Strong, and pretty soon Adam Cole. You think Leo Rush is going to be right in there with those guys? I hate to break it to you, he's not. And for the simple reason, it's because he's not the biggest guy. So, I don't want to see him go to NXT because I just don't think he'll have the same amount of success in NXT than he would in 205 Live. In 205 Live, the roster's a lot thinner, and he fits in well with those guys. He can definitely... Being a title match with Neville, with Austin Aries, with T.J. Perkins, with Rich Swan, because he fits what they do in NXT. I don't see him having that same amount of success, and that's just a fact to me. Not my opinion. It's a fact. You may disagree, but that's how I feel. I want to see Le- if Leo Rush is going to WWE. I want to see him succeed. He has a better chance of succeeding in the Cruiserweights than he would in NXT. That's just me. I don't see this guy being right in the conversation with the likes of Ono, Black, Strong, Rude, Young, Adam Cole, etc. He will not. In 205 Live, he would. With Neville, with Aries, with Swan, with Kendrick, with Perkins. He would. Because he fits their style and he fits the size. He's more of a cruiserweight than he is and uh, NXT. And I don't say that often. Like I said, when I see independent wrestlers... Who fit the cruiserweight bill coming to WWE? I'd rather see them in NXT, but Leo Rush to me is just a different case because I just know he will not have that same success in the yellow brand than he would in the cruiserweight division. Maybe I'm wrong, but either way, though, with Leo Rush being backstage, it's a good sign that he's coming to WWE. And whether he goes to NXT or the cruiserweight division, I'm gonna be happy for this guy, and I'm gonna be rooting for Leo Rush because this guy. Fits the bill of the underdog. He's, what, five, foot five, 150, 60 pounds. He's one of the smallest wrestlers in the world. But this guy's one of the best. If you have not seen Leo Rush perform, check him out. He's that damn good. But, again, in terms of me wanting to see him succeed, I'd rather see him go to the cruiserweight division and succeed there than go to NXT. No matter what the case is, if he, even if he goes to NXT... When he goes to the main roster, he's going to be in 205 Live, whether you like it or not. He's not going to be a main roster guy. He's not going to be on Raw or SmackDown, fighting for mid-card belts, feuding with guys like Dolph Ziggler or The Miz. That's not the case. So you might as well put Leo Rush immediately in 205 Live. That's just me. So maybe you, Ryan, disagree, but overall, Leo Rush backstage at Raw, pretty good sign he's headed to WWE.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I don't disagree at all, but my take on this is I I just don't see Leo Rush succeeding at all. He, You know, again, he'll succeed better on 205 Live if he does show up, uh, you know, rather than, you know, being on NXT or something like that. But to be honest, I don't think this guy's going to succeed at all in WWE, to be honest with you. I mean, he, he is a great talent. Obviously, we all know that, how, how outstanding this guy is. But to me, it's too early for him to come to WWE. And this is just another example. If they do sign him, if, if WWE does sign Leo Rush, it's just another example of them just signing guys to sign them. And it's really, really frustrating. You know, again, I don't know why Leo Rush left Ring of Honor so abruptly. Again, if it's Ring of Honor dropping the ball again, I mean, shame on them. Uh, again, this guy, I feel like, has so much to offer to the independents still that it's just a shame if they rush him to WWE. It really, really is because... <laughs> I just don't think this guy's going to get anything. Okay, yeah, if he goes to WWE and goes on 205 Live, how is he going to be successful? I mean, 205 Live, in my opinion, is not that successful of a show. I mean, literally, you know, the main event is usually good. Uh, We had a good match this past, you know, uh, Tuesday night. But, again, it's... It's basically revolved around one belt and one feud. That's what the Cruiserweight division is. It's one feud because it has one belt. So all the other matches that go on in that show are irrelevant. Nobody cares. Nobody watches. So if Leo Rush goes there and, and faces off against, I don't know, uh, Noam Dar on 205 Live, week after week after week, and then faces Ari Davari here, and then oh maybe Wednesday Dorado and Mustafa Ali. What does that do for him in the long run? I mean, we've just seen the same cruiserweights fighting for this cruiserweight championship. You've seen TJP, Brian Kendrick, uh, you know, again Austin Aries and Neville. That's and Jack Gallagher. That's all we've really seen in the cruiserweight, you know, title picture. We haven't yet to see anybody else. We've yet to see Noam Dar in there. Yet to see Tony Nese, Drew Gulak, any of these guys. So what are they actually doing? It's basically like WWE just has them around just to have them and that's what i feel like would be the case with leo rush if he comes again this guy is not going to be successful i'm telling you he is definitely not he de- he has to stay on the independents for a little bit longer and then maybe build up his stock a little bit and then when the time is right he could come in and maybe he'll be a little bit more su- successful but again if they rush him i'm just i'm just not excited for it i really I, you know seeing the rumors of him being backstage did not excite me, it did not do anything for me, because nowadays WWE signs people just to sign them, and again, it it just sets them up for failure, it really does, so I wish the best for Leo Rush, and we'll see if they do end up signing him, but to me, it doesn't do anything for me, because I just smell failure, because WWE is just not going to know how to use this guy right.
0: No, I can't really disagree with that. I I do agree that it's too early for Leo Rush when he's like 22, 23 years old. Nobody from the Independence should go to WWE that quickly. You need some time on the Independence scene. You need to make a name for yourself more. I, I know Leo Rush has made a big name for himself all over the Independence, but he's so young. He still has lots to deliver on the Independence. It's too early. But again, in reality, it looks like he's going to be going to WWE and for him to succeed in WWE, if he has any type of success, he's better served on the Cruiserweight than NXT. I think NXT will have some great matches, but I don't think he'll ever be in that position to wrestle for a world championship. I just don't see it happening. I think in, in 205 Live... Yeah, I mean, right out of the gate, he may start off with some stupid matches. But I do believe if WWE puts the work in and built this guy up, that I think he could be a Cruiserweight Champion. And, and if that does happen, that's good enough for Leo Rush to me because that's the only way I see him succeeding. I don't see this guy going to WWE and you know wrestling in big matches on Raw SmackDown or even in NXT. I mean, even in NXT, I don't see this guy wrestling in big matches like you know we all think he could and we all know he he could but it's just not gonna be the case so we'll see where Leo Rush goes. But seeing him backstage at Raw tells me that he's bound for the WWE. Uh and then finally with NXT last night, uh, the new era has officially begun with NXT. Uh very different from last night. I mean number one, the new intro, new theme song which I like Uh, You always want to see change. You know, for so long, they had the same intro. They had the same theme song. Triple H is now looking to be a little bit different now. And he did so with the entrance theme, the theme song. Uh, Pretty cool stuff. I like the theme song. If you want to listen to it, go on YouTube. Type in the NXT intro theme song. I believe it's called Rage, if I'm not mistaken. So check that out. Uh, And, yes, we did see a new era last night. Uh, No more Shinsuke Nakamura. He gave his farewell, which is so cool to see. We really don't see that happening on on, uh, NXT television. Is seeing superstars give their farewells. I mean, we didn't see it with Sami Zayn. He had his farewell at TakeOver. Dallas, Finn Balor had his farewell. uh, His last match with uh, Nakamura, that was basically Finn's farewell. And this was cool to see Nakamura again on the microphone thanking the fans, saying how crazy they are. After that, all the rest was come out. Congratulations, Shinsuke, and going to the main roster. Pretty cool to see. I mean, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura, and in the one year that he was there, he had a lot of success. Two time NXT champion. He put together some incredible matches with the likes of Sami Zayn, Austin Aries, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Bobby Roode. Even though at some times the booking on this guy was weird with the injury angles and him dropping the belt twice was not a good look. Sometimes, but still, Nakamura had a lot of success on the NXT brand, but we all know it's time for a change. He needed to leave, go to the main roster, and he's officially there. No Dash, no Dawson. They're done. Ty Dillinger, next week will be his last NXT match. That should be pretty good between him versus Eric Young. But for the matches itself, I mean, right out of the gate, a black. I mean, Jesus Christ. He starts to show off. Yet again, his entrance theme is freaking sick. If you, it, His whole theme song is officially on YouTube. It's really, really, really good. One of the best theme songs I think WWE has put together uh, for a long time. His entrance is pretty sick. The fans like this guy. And basically, he wrestles a jobber in Corey Hollis. And b- bam, five seconds in, spinning kick, which he calls now the Black Mass. One, two, three matches over. Cool stuff right there, and you can just tell that this guy has a chance to be something special in NXT. The way WWE is booking this guy, the way they're handling his character, the entrance theme, the fans like this guy. I see big things moving forward for A-Lister Black, which is good to see because he's another guy that was on in the independence for a long time. You never really thought that, you know, he could have the I mean I'm not going to get ahead of ourselves, but you know, when you saw him sign with NXT, you were pretty excited. You're like, you know, we'll see how they use this guy. I'm not pretty sure if they'll use him well or he'll just come in and just do some matches just like that. But no, they're really taken seriously to this guy. They they did vignettes for this guy. He's got a character. He's got a sick entrance. And so far, two matches he's had on NXT television, man. He's been darn impressive. So that's pretty cool to see with Aylister Black. Uh, We're seeing more build-up between Ru- Ruby Riot and Nikki Cross. Uh, was not all that thrilled with the match she had with Kimberly Frankel. Now, that's her new name. That's just pretty stupid to me. I think that she should have kept there as Kimberly. But overall, Riot Cross should be some good stuff. Uh, DIY winning a match against two jobbers, but that guy Dylan Miley, I believe his name is, he could be something special, man. He's a big monstrous guy really impressive against Gargano and chamba but the match was lost by his teammate he attacked his teammate after just shows you though that you know the way they booked him in that match that he could be a big time part of the future for nxt but the biggest thing that happened on the show unquestionably was drew mcintyre making his return great match with oni Lorcan. i mean no surprise there i mean only lorkin even though right now he's got no direction if you put him in a match, he's going to deliver. Lorcan's a very good in-ring worker. There's just the problem for him is that he has no character. He's got no direction. But the guy's always going to put together a good match. He did that with Drew McIntyre. And it's just cool to see him back in the WWE. I mean, man, his first run should have been a whole lot better than what it was. They brought this guy in too early. They gave him the Intercontinental Championship right away. That was dumb. They rushed him too early. They should have built this guy from the ground up. Goes over to the Independents kills it i mean whether it was tna whether it was pwg evolve wrestling the british wrestling scene he killed it and now he's back with a vengeance he's back for a second run and you can just tell that this guy is going to have a big run in nxt and that's good to see you know drew mcintyre he's got a great connection with the fans he's so good in the ring he's developed a lot more charisma now than he has ever before and you have to think that pretty soon we're going to see him fight for the NXT Championship. Maybe he's the one that dethrones Bobby Roode. I think if there's any guy right now that is more believable in throwing Bobby Roode that championship other than Cassius Ono is definitely Drew McIntyre. So overall, very good NXT. Next week, Ty Dillinger, his last match definitely versus Eric Young steel cage match. And we'll see what happens down the road. But yes, we are in a new era of NXT and as a fan, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I loved it. I think, you know, the episode was jam-packed. It was loaded. Uh, like you said, right off the bat, new theme song, perfect. I mean, new entrance video. Uh, you know, you could tell us, a you know, again, it's a new era. It's a change. Uh, a lot of things went down. Like you said, Nakamura's goodbye. thought it was done perfectly. I mean, let me tell you, for like you said before, for a Japanese guy who, you know, before Nakamura came to WWE, I had no idea he spoke such good English. I mean, he really does. For a Japanese guy, he speaks better than anybody probably ever could. And, you know, again, it's... It's you know broken up here and there, but you can understand what he's saying. You can understand some of the things that he's trying to get at when he when he talks. So I think that was done perfectly. Again, one year in, in NXT for him was perfect. I mean that's all he needed. He didn't need to be there any longer. Like you said, he accomplished a lot, had some great big time matches, two time NXT champion, uh, dude you know, Faced Finn Balor, you know, one-shot deal. Had good feuds with Samoa Joe, with Bobby Roode. I mean, he he did everything he could down there. And, you know, again, one year was perfect. Now he's on the main roster where he belongs. And we'll see where they go from there. They officially move on from him. Uh, That was great to see. Uh, Like you said, Drew McIntyre being back is just awesome. I mean, they screwed up with him the first time. But, again, they tend to do that. Uh, But, hey, you know what? He's getting redemption now. He's coming back with a vengeance. I think this should be done right this time. He's going to start in NXT then make his way to the main roster probably uh, after quite some time in NXT. I'm calling it right now. This guy's going to be NXT champion by the time TakeOver Brooklyn comes. He probably will win the belt at that event because I just don't see this guy, you know, not being in the main event spotlight. This guy deserves it. He is just a freak athlete. You know, like you said, killed it on the independents, and now he's back. He is probably, like you said, besides Cassius Ohno, the only believable guy to take this belt off of Bobby Roode, and I totally see it, I mean really. He is the next NXT Champion in my eyes, and that really does excite me. Like you said, as far as this match with Oni Larkin, just unbelievable. Oni Larkin is so damn good. He just needs a character, a direction. He just needs something to get going, but his in-ring skills is off the charts. It was just an overall and just an awesome match. Definitely look forward to seeing Oni Walken every time he's in a match. Like you said, they always count on him to deliver, and he does. So uh, that was a great start. We'll see what that happens with Drew McIntyre down the line. Uh, you know, again, just a loaded episode of NXT, and you could tell that they're moving in a new direction with A-lister Black now, too. Didn't really do much. Just had one kick and then pinned the guy one, two, three. But like you said, his entrance, his music, everything, just so badass. He is the next. He, he, he's just the next big thing, too. He's so special. Uh, I mean, I could see him becoming NXT champion, but, again, it's kind of crowded right now when you got Cassius Asono possibly being in there. Uh, you know, you got Drew McIntyre in the mix now. Uh, we'll see what happens with, like, guys like Roddy Strong, too. I mean, he's sticking around. Again, it's going to be tough for A-Lister Black to get right up there into the main event spotlight, but I definitely could see this guy as a future NXT champion if he sticks around long enough. So, again, man, I mean, we've heard different things about how Triple H is not satisfied with the direction of NXT lately. So hopefully he's satisfied now with this new direction uh, and he takes the right, you know, you know steps to improve it uh, in the upcoming months. And we'll see what happens at the next TakeOver, which is going to be here before we know it, May 20th in Chicago. So looking forward to that as well. Overall, man, I, I'm, I'm intrigued in this new era of NXT.
0: And yeah, I mean, you look at the roster right now, it's pretty damn good. I mean, there's still some holes that need to be filled, especially in the tag team division. If there's one place they got to fix up, it's that division with the Revival gone, with DIY probably joining them by the summer. I don't see DIY staying there long enough. I think they've done enough there. They need a new opportunity on the main roster who knows where will they be attacked and will they go their separate ways because i've heard rumors about them going to the cruiserweights because both those guys were part of the cruiserweight classic that might be a possibility i mean as of right now they only got the authors of pain and heavy machinery for the future uh, I'm not sure when TM61 is coming back, so if you're Triple H, the focus should be finding some new tag teams. But, uh, I mean, the women's division is going to be a lot deeper with, you know, Ember Moon and Oscar still there. You have Billy Kane, and Peyton Royce. They provide some depth, but the additions of Kimberly, uh, Ruby Riott, Nikki Cross, it's a very good division. Uh, and, again, the, the main event pitcher, even though they lost Nakamura. They still have Rude. They still got Cassius Ono. They got Roderick Strong. They got a Black. Now they got McIntyre. They got Eric Young they can put into the scene. And there's going to be more guys coming. You know, again, Adam Cole is a guy that I am booking will be in the WWE by the summer. He's another name that will be in the main event picture. Not right away. But, but down the line, he will be. And there will be other guys that they're going to be bringing on board to the NXT brand. So, again, that they're in a good position like that. And don't forget another guy, Hideo Atami. We've heard his name. He may come back pretty soon. You can't forget about Itami. He's a big name. So, overall, the future of NXT is in good hands. Again, if there's one place they got to fix up is the tag team division. I mentioned it on the Instagram page at... Royal Ramble Wrestling, that they should really go for Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. They're both free agents. They're working as singles guys, but we all know their history together as Red Dragon. You bring Red Dragon in, man. The tag team division for NXT will be a lot more interesting. They're one of the best tag teams in the world. So if I'm Triple H, I'm doing my damn best to bring in Fish and O'Reilly to reform Red Dragon in NXT because they really need the help in, in the tag team division. We'll cap it all off with some news that was broken over WrestleMania weekend. We couldn't uh, talk about it last week on the show because we had so much to recap from WrestleMania weekend with all the shows that went down, plus the Raw and SmackDown at the Mania. So we're going to touch on it this week. Um, We're going to have ourselves another WWE tournament on the network uh, as, as announced during WrestleMania weekend by Stephanie, by Triple H, and some of the women. Uh, you know the, the the three women's champions at the time, and that was uh, Bayley, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka, that were having ourselves a women's classic. Now it's been rumored for a long time that this was going to happen. Just the the issue was they did not know when it was going to happen. We still don't know for sure when it's going to happen. But the positive is it's going to happen. Triple H announced that this is going to happen. He's hoping to have it going by the summer. It's going to be taped at Full Sail University. For 10 weeks. It's going to be very similar to the Cruiserweight Classic. 10 episodes uh, at Full Sail University. 32 female competitors from 17 different countries. That's what we know right now. We're not sure who's going to be in the tournament. We're not sure who's going to be doing the commentating for this tournament. We don't know that. And we don't know when it's going to begin. But it's going to be at Full Sail. It's going to be about 10 to 11 episodes. Like the Cruiserweight Classic. About 10 11 episodes. 32 women from 17 countries now of course the question will now be who will be in the tournament now I've read some names that are rumored to be taking part in the tournament and some of these names I'm pretty stoked for now if there's any woman that I think that should headline this tournament Candice Array has got to be the girl now it's not a lock that she'll be in this tournament but if you're WWE you always want a headliner The Cruiserweight Classic, they had Zack Saber Jr. and Kota Ibushi. They were the headliners. In the United Kingdom Championship Tournament, it was Pete Dunne and Trent Seven. For the women's tournament, you need to have a headliner or two, and I think Candice LeRae would be the perfect headliner. She's got, of course, she's married to John Gargano, who is a part of NXT. Uh, She's one of the best female competitors in the world, and she's one of the more popular women. That has not wrestled in WWE. I think there's a lot of fans that know who she is. They've read about her. They've seen her wrestle in PWG. She's very talented. If you've not seen Cancel Ray, what are you waiting for? She's so, so talented. And she's not under contract. She's basically a free agent working specific house independent wrestling shows. So if you're WWE, you want a headliner, go and get Cancel Ray. But the names I've heard so far that are rumored to take part in the tournament Tony Storm, which excites me. Tony Storm is a great, great talent, and she's already wrestled at WrestleMania Access. Um, so good to see to see that she's, of course, WWE now has a working relationship with Progress Wrestling. She works for Progress Wrestling. So Tony Storm rumored to be in the tournament. Uh, so is Ginny, um, uh, who she wrestled at Progress Wrestling during WrestleMania weekend at the Progress Show. Uh, another name that excites me is Nixon Newell. Uh, you know Ryan, I've been very high in this girl. I've watched a lot of her. She is so damn good wrestling for companies like WCPW uh, for Fight Club Pro. Uh, she's been rumored to go to WWE. She was one she was four, she was one of the four names that signed with WWE along with Kimberly, Ruby Riot. And Evie from Australia, who could also be in this tournament. But Nixon Newell has commitments that she has to take she has to take care of. She's been doing that. But pretty soon she'll be a part of WWE. So she's gonna be in the tournament, looks like. That's great to see. I've also heard Tessa Blanchard. That's a big name. She's the daughter of Tully Blanchard. There's also you know Rachel Ellering. She's the daughter of Paul Ellering, who's a part of NXT. That she can be a part of the tournament. And who knows? Maybe they'll add some NXT talent. Girls like Kimberly, uh, Ruby Riot, uh, possibly Aliyah, Liv Morgan. They have the option. So uh, overall, man, I'm excited for this tournament. Uh, the names that I mentioned, I'm hoping they will be in this tournament. Also, going to have some veteran names, P- possibly. Kelly Kelly possibly Victoria maybe Molly Holly or some names but uh I'm stoked I'm excited for this the women's tournament it should be awesome and we'll see when it happens but we all know for sure it's gonna happen probably by the summer we're not sure when but it's gonna be another exciting tournament for WWE
1: yeah. I mean, I'm excited for it. We knew it was going to happen. I mean, I kind of figured this was bound to happen after the huge success from the Cruiserweight Classic. Again, like you said, same format, same amount of weeks uh, filmed in the same place at Full Sail University at the same time of the year or in the summertime. Uh, you know, we're going to get this women's tournament. So again, you know, women's wrestling has become such a big thing lately, you know, with this whole women's revolution thing going on in WWE and the women just paving the way and pioneers and you know like ronda rousey leading the way and and really opened up the floodgates for all these women uh you know all around the world to really compete like this and of course triple h is his high on women nowadays too women's wrestling so this was bound to happen uh some of the names you mentioned straddled off are very interesting i mean a huge fan of all these some of these girls you know tony storm seen a a lot of her wrestlemania weekend didn't really know we're going into mania weekend came out and i was a huge fan of her uh, like you said, Tessa Blanchard too. We all know her, uh, the girlfriend of Ricochet. She is very, very good too. Uh, Nixon Noel, like you said, uh, got a lot to offer at a young age. You definitely check her out. Like you, uh, like you said, Brian, very, very high on her. Uh, Candice LeRae, of course, is the biggest name probably in women's wrestling in the independent scene nowadays. I mean, she's just incredible. Uh, like you said, married to Johnny Gargano, so you got to think that she's you know a likely person to be headlining this women's tournament and will poss- possibly be the favorite to win it. I mean, she's just one of the most popular women on the independent scene, in my opinion, at the moment. Uh, I did have a couple of other names that could possibly see in this. Like you said, Rachel Ellering's another one. Deanna Perrazzo, who has been mm-hmm. all over the place. Uh, like you mentioned, Tony Storm. I also have, you know, somebody like Veda Scott or like a Jessica Havoc, who is also out there. Jade, who just left TNA, who I think is a very solid talent too. I mean, if they're going to get all these different women from these different countries, you might as well start with some of these names out there. I mean, I don't really know too many women, uh, you know, wrestlers out there on in the Independence, but all the ones you just rattled off and the ones that I came up with, uh, man, this could be some tournament, let me tell you. So I'm intrigued. I don't know if it's going to be as, you know, big as the Cruiserweight Classic was because that was obviously hyped up. Uh, You know, a lot. I don't know if everybody is so hooked on women's wrestling that they're going to be so hyped up on this like they were for the Cruiserweight Classic and the UK tournament. But I think, you know, it's a good thing, you know, good exposure for the women uh, who deserve the spotlight. Again, though, is it going to be like after this tournament? Is WWE going to be, you know, committed to signing these women? Again, I don't know how much more women you can possibly bring into, you know, the WWE nowadays. I mean, I know you could definitely use some more in NXT. But, you know, again, the main roster right now is pretty crowded with women. So are they going to be forced to sign all these women after the tournament is over? That's my big question and main concern here because, again, we've seen with the Cruiserweight Classic and the UK tournament, a lot of these guys we see appearing on, you know, on NXT and here and there. So or is it going to be the same thing with these women? And I'm not so sure all these women... You know, it should be just crowding around WWE. I'd like to see them continue to do their thing on the independent scene as well. So, we'll see how it works out. Again, details haven't been officially announced. This is just what we're going by. But uh, based on some of these names, it could get very, very interesting. And I'm looking forward to it.
0: Now, now I heard different things in terms of the payoff. You know, after this tournament's done, what's going to happen with these women? I've heard a couple of things. Number one, which to me, this makes zero sense. Is that these girls have their own show. That's stupid. If they had their own show... Then you might as well put Charlotte, you might as well put Sasha, you might as well put Bailey, etc., on that same show. Don't do that. It's stupid because. Why should those girls have their own show You know where they could be wrestling girls like Charlotte, Sasha Banks, and Bayley on Raw, whatever? But I've also heard that these girls could go to NXT because, like you said, Ryan, they could use some more talent in the women's division. I mean, their division's pretty fine right now, but you can always add some more. But like you said, Ryan, it's going to be too much women. So I'm also curious to see what the game plan is for WWE after this tournament is over for the women. But uh, I mean, going back to the list of talent that could be in this tournament, I mean, those are a lot of names that we mentioned often there's more girls out there that are well deserved to be in this tournament I mean you have girls like Kyrie Hojo and Io Shirai from Japan two of the very best in women's wrestling that are rumored for this tournament. Those are two girls to keep an eye on. There's also Britt Baker, who is the girlfriend of Adam Cole. I think she's right now a champion in either Shimmer or Shine. She could be in this tournament. Yeah, you said Deanna Perrazzo, very popular uh, independent female wrestler. Santana Garrett, you can't forget about Santana Garrett. She's very popular. Uh, possibly. Um, I mean, th- there's so many other women out there that could be in this tournament. So. They said 17 different countries, so there's going to be some names that we don't know. Like the Cruiserweight Classic, there were some names that we did not ever heard of. Guys like Jack Gallagher, uh, Grand Matalik, and those other guys from different cu- countries. So we're not going to get all the women we want to see, but I do believe that this tournament is going to be stacked with talent from all over the world and some names that we know pretty well, us hardcore fans speaking of. There's going to be a lot, of course, casual fans that have no clue who these girls are, but... uh. I mean, this was much needed. Cause uh, I'll get into a little bit of a ramble right here because um, you know women's wrestling has been so big now for the past two years. They have really changed the game. Uh, we're starting to see women now main event pay per views. They're putting on better matches than the men. They're starting to take over. But I love the fact that they that they're doing this tournament because. You know, when you think of the women's revolution, you think of specific names, Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, Bailey, Alexa Bliss, the Bella Twins, Natalia, etc. All those female workers that are on the main roster today. But there are fans that just don't realize how many more women are out there that are having the same significant impact and those girls are on the main roster. Now, not the same. I'm being a little bit over... Over dramatic there, you know, I'm not saying that girl like Britt Baker is having just the amount of success that Charlotte is having, but there are female workers out there that are just as good and that are changing the game as much as the current women on the main roster. I mean, look, Candice LeRae, she is one of the best in the world, all right? She may not be in WWE, but when you watch her perform, she is unquestionably one of the best female workers in the world. Deanna Perrazzo, same thing. Not on the WWE show. She's made her appearances in in NXT and that one appearance on SmackDown. But damn, man, she has done so good on the independents for so many wrestling companies. She's one of the best in the world. Again, Hojo and Shirai from Japan. Two girls that, you know, WWE fans have never heard of. But in Japan, they're, they're queens. They're so freaking good over in Japan. They're changing the game of women's wrestling over there. And, you know, basically, women's wrestling in Japan is not that popular, really. They don't really have a lot of success there. You know, the men, basically, when you think of Japanese wrestling, you think of the guys. You think of New Japan Pro Wrestling. There are some pretty damn good female workers over in Japan as well. So, this is a good way, yet again, for WWE to give these younger talents, these women, their full exposure. Just like what they did in the Cruiserweight Classic and what they did for the UK Tournament. I mean, look, Tyler Bate. At the UK tournament became a big star. And this was a guy that was working his ass off in the British wrestling scene. You know, working for companies like Progress, for Red Pro, for ICW. And nobody knew who he was. He goes to the United Kingdom Championship Tournament. He wins the tournament. He's pretty popular now in the WWE because he won that tournament. Pete Dunne, same thing. A guy that not a lot of fans knew of. A guy that for so many years was working in dojos. He trained in a dojo in Japan. He goes over, kicks ass in Progress, in ICW, in and Pro in and WCPW. Nobody knew who this guy was. He goes over to the UK tournament, finishes in the finals. Now this guy is being talked about of taking part in the main roster, being in a faction with Triple H. It just shows you right then and there how good these guys are. They just need the exposure. And there's a lot of female talents out there that deserve that exposure. You know, along with the current talent that is right now on Raw SmackDown. Speaking of the women, like I said, Charlotte, Sasha, Becky, they're big names. They're part of the women's revolution, but they're not the only ones. There are so many other women out there that are changing the game as well. Again, girls like Candice, girls like Nixon Newell, Tony Storm, um, Diana Perrazzo, Santana Garrett, Tessa Blanchard, Jessica Havoc, Britt Baker. I mean, all those girls are just as good. They're really, really good, and I'm excited that we're going to see these girls get the opportunity to be a part of this tournament. Like I said, we don't know who will be in the tournament, but you have to assume that some of the names that we rattle off are going to be in this tournament. Not all of them are going to be in the tournament. You can't fit them all, but there's going to be some big names in this tournament, and that's good to see because these girls have worked their asses off to change the game, To, to be a part of this women's revolution. They are making a significant impact. As much as the current women talent on Raw and SmackDown, so again, we don't know when this is going to happen. We'll see. Probably in the summer we're going to see it happen. Uh, but overall, man, this Women's Classic is going to be pretty awesome, and I cannot wait to watch it when it finally hits on the WWE Network.
1: Yeah, I know. Me neither. Again, like you said, the biggest thing is exposure. I mean, it's just again, they're getting the exposure under the WWE spotlight, under the you know a wing of Triple H, again, they're getting this opportunity. Like, again, it's it's awesome to see because these girls work their ass off. They've come a long way. The women's revolution is a thing now. Uh, so all these girls deserve the opportunity. Whether they get signed after this whole tournament or not, they get the exposure, that's great for them. So, again, I mean, the wrestling world nowadays has changed. It's changed immensely. I mean, nowadays it's so easy. I mean, not I wasn't, I'm not going to make it sound like it's a piece of cake, but it's, you know... Nowadays, so many people get so many opportunities, and again, it you know it used to be I feel like it used to be impossible to get to the WWE. Nowadays, they have so many different platforms, so many different ways that you can get there. I mean, it's unbelievable. All these different tournaments, uh, you know, these girls and these guys getting there, making their way over there through these tournaments. It's just it's great to see. But again, it's just the end game is what's really going to be up in the air. It's what's going to happen after it. They can't have their own show, like you mentioned. I mean, hopefully it's going to be something like the Cruiserweight Classic where the winner just gets a trophy. Uh, I don't don't need, like, you know, I know, like, TJP got the Cruiserweight Championship belt because that was obviously creating the new Cruiserweight division, but do not give them a a championship belt. Just give them a trophy or a medal or something. Uh, Again, I think that's the biggest thing here is how it plays out after this is over because it could be very successful, but, you know, after the tournament is all said and done, what happens to some of these women? And that's the big question, I think. So, again, looking forward to it. I think it could be good. Like you said, some of these names that we've mentioned have got to be in it. I mean, they got to be. At the, I mean, there's not that many women wrestlers out there in the world. I'm sure there's going to be some that we haven't heard of from some foreign countries, like similar to the Cruiserweight Classic. But again, most of these names are very popular in the independent wrestling world. They have to be in it. So again, I'm looking forward to it. We'll see when more details get announced. But, uh, very intriguing stuff right now.
0: Yeah, so they have it with that. Uh, we're coming out to the end of the show. Uh, really not a lot else to talk about. Uh, a couple of big shows going on today in the wrestling world, especially for Revolution Pro Wrestling. Their card today is absolutely stacked. Some big matches. So, uh, when it finally hits On Demand, check them out. You have Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kushida for the, um... The, uh, the British Heavyweight Championship, you got the Elite, Omega, and the Bucks against Ryan Smile, Shane Strickland, and Leo Rush. Should be an awesome six-man tag. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi versus Marty Skrull. Very interesting matchup right there. Josh Bodem versus Will Osprey for the Cruiserweight Championship for RPW. That should be a good match. So check out that show. That will be on demand maybe a little bit later. They're right now wrestling the show. So that should be an awesome show. We'll find out about what happened with that, with the results. So uh, as in, in terms of next week again, guys, same time, same day, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, it's your radio.com. Uh, should be another great show next week. We're going to recap, of course, all that went down for Raw, SmackDown, and NXT as we continue to go through this new era. Plus also next Thursday, we're going to give our preview and our predictions for PWG's next show. That is right. PWG is back. Uh, next weekend with their show Game Over, I believe that's what it's called. Let me go to their Twitter page and see uh, With the um, – well, let me go. actually go to their Instagram page. It's a little, a little bit easier uh, to see what uh, the show is called. I think it's called Game Over if I'm uh, correct. I'm going to bring it up right now. Um They don't have it on Instagram page, Eric. That's pretty weird. Uh, Oh, here we go. Yeah, game over, man. takes place April. Yeah, yeah, April the 21st. uh, Should be, yet again, another awesome show. Uh, In terms of the matches that are taking place in that show, we have a couple of big ones uh, going on. Marty Skrull will face uh, (coughs) uh, Chuck Taylor in a street fight. Uh, Zach Saber Jr. will take on uh, Dick Togo. Leo Rush versus Ray Phoenix. That should be an exciting matchup. Uh, Adam Cole will be in action versus Matt Riddle. Must see. War Machine makes their PWG debut against none other than the Young Bucks. That should be an awesome tag team match. Uh, Mark Haskins versus Big Mike. Michael Elgin. Uh, Keith Lee versus Jeff Cobb. Should be an awesome match. So, yeah, PWG back in Reseda, California for Game Over Man. Should be an awesome show. Ryan, quick thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, like you said, these matches seem like they're going to be off the charts again. No, no surprise. PWG always puts on epic cards. Uh, You know, again, it, it sucks that you can't find this anywhere on demand but buying the DVDs. I wish it was somewhere to watch it live because, man, it just looks so entertaining every single time. This card looks no different. Like you said, some of these matches that you just rattled off. Unbelievable stuff. Definitely preview it next week. And man, for the people that are in attendance, I mean, just they get so damn spoiled down there in Rosita seeing all this great wrestling. Every single show is stacked to the max. It's unbelievable. I mean, there's it, nothing more to say.
0: Yep, there's nothing more to say. So next week we'll preview and predict that show along with our full recaps of Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. That's all the time we got, people. Thank you for tuning in again. If you guys happen to miss the show live here on It's Your Radio.com, you can always subscribe to the show on both iTunes and we should be up maybe later tonight if not tonight definitely tomorrow morning the show should be up then uh you know again guys if you want to follow us on social media uh follow us on twitter at royal ramble ir for us personally it's at b underscore 95 for me for ryan it's at ryan underscore martirano like us on facebook facebook.com slash royal ramble wrestling and follow us on instagram very active there at Royal Ramble Wrestling. So thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys next Thursday here on itsyourradio.com. Have a great weekend. Don't forget, check us out, Stitcher, iTunes. We are the Royal Ramble Wrestling Podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you.